Welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange Podcast. Stories by leaders for leaders to help you raise the bar on your own excellence to release the potential inside of you. Now, here's today's podcast. Greetings, everyone. Hugh Ballou, founder and president of Cittervision Leadership Foundation and host for the Nonprofit Exchange. The, T-H-E, nonprofitexchange.org is where you can find all the episodes and wherever you get podcasts, The Nonprofit Exchange. My guest today is Chris Miller. We've had a few technical challenges today, but we're live. And Chris, tell people a little bit about yourself, your background, and who you are. Thank you, Hugh. I am a legacy wealth strategist, and I've been in practice for 32 years, and no one on my watch has ever lost one dime in any market risk. Right. (laughs) I started as a a paralegal. I worked with an attorney, and we were doing revocable living trusts in the 90s, 91, 92. Had a little widow there, and all she had was a car and a house and, and no money. And so Uh, Back then, living trusts were $5,000, and so I literally had to, um, she didn't have any money, and so I just said to the attorney, can you give her a deal, and he was just like, no, and that moved my heart to say, hey, you know, I can make this easy for the average person to set up their living legacy and their legacy, so that's how I got started. Super. So we don't know much about money in the nonprofit world. We have a funny relationship with money. When we say this word nonprofit, it puts us in a scarcity mindset when God's really given us abundance. So you have a passion about this topic when you talk about it. So what describe that passion? You know, why do you do this over doing something else? I do, because you know what I saw over three decades in thousands of people's portfolios is I saw a pattern. It wasn't that I'm so smart. It was around year 25. People just keep coming in my office and they'd start their plan, their retirement plan at 60, 70, 80, 50, right? And there's something wrong here. And then I realized, oh, you go to school, you learn how to make money, you get out of school, what do you do? Go make money and give it to somebody else to gamble. Then it was like a roulette wheel. The first decade was great. You know, everybody high inflation. So people were living off of their, their you know, their money in the bank because the, the interest rates were high. Then the crash came into the 90s, right? And and so I saw it was like a roulette wheel. Will it be up or down when you retire? And personally, I hated losing money. I did not like that experience. And I didn't want to share that with others. So it forced me to deep dive into what I call safe money strategies and what they say, secrets of the 1%, right? <laughs> so those people who study. So um, you have yes. a best-selling book, Three Secrets for Safe Money and a Fabulous Future. So tell us a little bit about that book. Well, this was a result. I was kind of forced into it because what I do is so unique. And I literally took 25 years at that time, put this book together. I've had some amazing uh, editors that helped me put together these, quote, secrets. It's not that they're secret. It's just not talked about. 
And what I saw overseeing so many portfolios over those 30 years is there's three things that people miss in their plan. And this relates to, to individuals and then we can morph it in for nonprofits too. But it's protection of assets from catastrophic illness, long-term care, we just learned about that recently, right? The pandemic, probate, right? And the great recession. So if you don't have the right paperwork and just look at where we're at, right? In the world and the economy. So people, and I, you know, here, this is what this, like to answer your question that inspires me as I see millions of, I see millions of little sheepies about to go off a cliff and nobody is telling them about it. So that is my inspiration. I feel I have a, a, a lot of wealth of information to share with people and, and hopefully guide them to the safe places. So we're talking to nonprofit leaders and clergy, not typically people that are on top of the pile in terms of annual income. And, and we spend a lot of time thinking about the finances of the organizations that we lead, and maybe not much time thinking about our own financial situation. So we're, we're talking to leaders about financial responsibility, both for the, well, we manage other people's money, really, and, and we care for other people's money in a nonprofit, but we have to look out for ourselves too. So what are some of the biggest mistakes people make? And especially in this sector, we don't make a lot of money, but we still can plan for retirement, can't we? You have a word you call pre-retirement. Right. It's plan pre, plan retirement early so your money is there when you need it. And money is such a, it's a toxic thing. I didn't realize how much of my time is spent coaching people on their mindset around the money than filling out applications. And right, it's, you got it. And it's like an energy. So you get the right energy and you get it organized. But as you know, Hugh, you're, you're, you really help nonprofits and, and teach them because most people, they get their nonprofits started and they just start it. I could, I could raise my hand to that because they don't know what to do. So, and I'm just going to be a testimony here and I'm sure you'll take me to another level too, but I have a nonprofit and I started it, woohoo, but with no reality that it is like a business and you have to put certain structures in just to, and they're, they are parallel. They may have a different name from, for an individual and for a nonprofit and You've got to get your personal foundation fixed first, because if you're not, you know, protected, you're not going to be able to help anybody else. So the modem and of, of, of the giving and caring and having a nonprofit to change the world is the, you know, the inspiration. And then the practicality is putting plans in place and, and having a mind map of, of what now looks like and what the future looks like. Um, Richard Rohr, who's an author and writer and a, a Franciscan who teaches, um, he says, how we do anything is how we do everything. Right. That's it. Yeah. If you learn about how money works, um, I, I do find there's a big deficit in our relationship with money in this this whole sector of what we call nonprofit. I prefer to, it's a business, and I prefer to call it instead of a for profit business. It's a for purpose business. It's still a business and we need to make business decisions, which means learning about money. And so 
we also manage, um, or at least when we get established, you know, we got the founding stage of our nonprofit, and then we got phase one where we establish, you know, some regular recurring revenue. And hopefully by phase two, we have um, started putting away some money for the future in an endowment fund. Would that is that a good idea? Then we would should think about how we would would invest that money. Correct. Correct. And and so as for your endowment fund, whether you're an individual for the nonprofit, it's you you don't want to just haphazardly do it, and you want to make sure the places that you're putting it are going to be safe. So there's a lot of options that you know people do that they're just sort of following what everybody else has done, and a lot of that can actually be risky. A nonprofit can lose their money in a, in a recession if they don't have it positioned in the right place. So I, that's what I like to teach people about using some of the, the assets that are out there that are, are that are going to be able to protect from market loss. And whether you're an individual, you would be able to get the tax-free. You have the tax-free with a nonprofit, but it's like, you know, it's just like planting a seed. Are you going to put it in the ground and then you have little gophers that are going to eat it and it won't blossom? And that's where some people park their money in places that aren't growing and have risk and could actually lose the life that's there. So, and that's why I, I talk about it like healthy money, happy life. It, you can have a healthy conversation about it. It doesn't have to be scary and icky, right? So <laughs> let's hope not. <laughs> so um, um, you're talking about um, protecting the principle and right. also growing the money. It just doesn't make sense to me. So say a little more about how you, or is this a secret that somebody has to talk to you directly about? Can you give no. us? I give the information freely and and quite honestly, I did not find out about it till I was 58. I was so mad. I decided, you know what? I'm gonna tell everybody about it. You know, whether I got any value from it, the value will be the sharing of it and then they'll pass it on and it's a good thing. So what I found out about and it's for individual or or you know, corporate entities, nonprofits can all use it, the structure of what's investable life insurance. So these are chassis for an individual that are non that are already tax-free, but they're using the death benefit, they're using life insurance as a tax-free vehicle to get income. So there's some very creative ways that people can put their money in. And these these assets don't lose their principal. I use a lot of annuities too. Now they're going to be based like I'm. I'm for our church. I have. I'm. I'm created an, an annuity, right? And it's based on my life expectancy. But as I go forward, I'm literally doubling and tripling the money inside for our church, at, even though it's based on my life expectancy. And they're paying it out. Then that money goes into another bucket that I have. So, so it isn't just you know one thing you're going to try a stock and hopefully you hope that it's going to go up. So there's, there's safe money strategies and it isn't a one size fits all. That's why I do the financial fitness strategy sessions with people because I've never, you know, thousand over 6,000 clients. I've never had anybody the same. 
everybody has a different this and a different that. And so it's creative planning. It isn't, you need to do this. No, what, what are your needs? What, what do you have? What are your goals? And then we put together a plan around that. So um, uh, we're, we're talking about uh, the corporate um, fiscal responsibility as we, uh, we lead our nonprofit, but we're got a sidebar here, which is equally as important. How do you, the nonprofit leader, protect yourself? Now, we, um, we give advice for leadership, but leadership means that you're you taking care of yourself. And you can get the support of the financial experts and the board members. And certainly, I'll share the, Chris's website, and she's got some, some, some resources for you. So, so, Chris, thinking about disability, for one thing. You know, we're going along and everything's fine. Boom, we have a wreck or something. And then we have some disability and then we can't work. So that's a big one, isn't it? Oh, it's just, this is so huge. And disability and catastrophic illness, and they're just not talked about. Only 2% of people really have long-term care insurance. Most people get it if they're working with a company or something, but the average person is not prepared for this. So you have to protect yourself as an individual because you're managing the nonprofit or your corporate, whatever you've put together. And most people don't. This is what's what I tried to say in the beginning. It's so sad is that people haven't done that plan as an individual. You'd be shocked how many people don't have a living trust, don't have the right paperwork, don't even have a power of attorney for health care. Maybe they woke up a little bit from the pandemic, but it is shocking. Or they spend what they make as individuals and they don't have future income planning for the third and fourth quarter life or even know how to think into that. So it's critical it, and it's critical mass now because things are moving so fast and you're going to look up one minute and you could look up one minute and you'll be 20 years older or you'll be 20, you know, million dollars less of money if something happens and you're not paying attention, right? Because things are shifting. The whole economy is shifting and there's huge things that people have. To, that's why I say crash proofs your finances. You've got to be aware of safe money strategies. So important. So as a nonprofit leader, it's important for us to be educated on how to do these things for ourselves. Then you, you mentioned in, in, in some of that discussion about companies paying for a policy. So there's probably some negotiation room and, yes. and some conversation. You're a valued employee. You're bringing uh, value to the people you serve. You're impacting people's lives. So having a conversation with board members who probably have a package paid for by their companies, but they never thought about you should have it too. So how do we educate ourselves and then have a conversation with our board chair and our personnel chair about ourselves and our benefits? Boy, that's a great question, Hugh. And, and it is, it is having the conversation and people don't want to have that conversation, right? Because you have to be transparent about where you're at, but that we need to just put it on the calendar and have the conversation and take the time to learn about it because there's a learning curve. You don't know, or you go to someone that is experienced, right? That knows about it, but, but the, the, Everybody needs to get together and talk about it. And as an individual, as a board member, as all the functioning parts, how does that look? 
How does it look as an individual? How does it look inside the business and how can it work together? I've set my, now I have no children, so I've literally set my legacy as a living legacy and my foundation to help the youth and teach people about, you know, what I do with a purpose, right? That all of my, I'm funding my future legacy as I'm living my life. So it isn't something like, I'm just going to wait till I die. And then all the stuff goes to, into that, that vision. I'm live, going to live the vision now and have it pay into the future. So that income that I get goes into the foundation for the fabulous future to help the vision manifest. Well, and these are also conversations we could have with those people who love the work that you're doing in your organization and would like to leave a gift as a legacy gift. And so you're helping, if we equip ourselves to know how to do this, then we can have those conversations with potential donors. Is that right? Absolutely. Because when you're empowered and you know what the what tools you have and you're talking with a donor who say, hey, look at what we've we've have access to and then they feel like they want to give because they know that you're not just gambling their money this is really real and this is going to help support the organization and give the donor a good feeling of wow this is solid i can i can be a part of this and the conversation is what connects us with that reality this is this is a wake-up call um now I worked for large organizations, so I, you know, I got some benefits, but many people work for a small organization and even getting their medical care paid for their hospitalization policy, you know, is, is a challenge. So it's, uh, I remember hearing the motivational speaker, Jim Rohn say, work on yourself harder than you work on your business. So this is a nonprofit for purpose business. So what you're, you're helping us as listeners to you today is to think about how do we take care of ourselves, have these meaningful conversations without fault and without fear. Am I am I tracking with you? You are. You're right on it, Hugh. And it and it is without to do it without fear because the conversations are hard. What happens when I die? What happens if I have a catastrophic illness and I can't handle my business? Do I have the right paperwork? Do I have the power of attorney for financial so they pay my bills? What if I break my leg skiing? You know, who's going to take it? You have to have a power of attorney for healthcare so your medical wishes are honored. You don't wait till you're 90 years old to do these things. What 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 happens if I can't work? Do you have income streams that you can just turn on that will supplement, you know, your budget for marketing? And these are things that we can blow away the fear, right? Break through the fear and the fear becomes fun. Because the conversation become empowering and fun when you know that there are tools out there instead of, oh, I did this too late. Or, you know, I work with people to at 90. There's not too late, but it is a wake-up call to do it now. That is really fact. There's no time like the president. So work on yourself, work on your understanding. We we um, most of the time in Center Vision, we talk about your planning and your leadership skills, but this is a subset of your leadership skills, understanding the how money works, and it's going to make you a better leader for your nonprofit. Now, you talked about trust. You said what you used to work for a lawyer, setting up uh, trust. Um, what's a living trust? 
Well, a living trust is a legal document that's created to own and manage your assets. And its purpose is to, to avoid probate and conservatorship. Well, it's probate. Probates are courts. So if you have a will, people think, well, if I have a will, it'll just go to your family. Well, not quite. It'll have to go via the court, via through that whole system. And that whole system can take anywhere from 5 to 25%, depending on what state you're in, of your assets before your family gets it. Living trusts have been around since the Middle Ages, and really only a few people have known about it, but it avoids probate, and it lets you give what you have directly to your family with no middleman. You don't need me. You don't need courts. You don't need attorneys. Now, I'm a legal document assistant. I'm licensed to prepare living trusts. So it's in California, it's called an LDA. It's kind of like an up, you know, the paralegal works for an attorney and an LDA is an independent document preparation service. So we've created over 6,000 living trusts and thank God never had a problem. They were great. And they're for you while you are alive. It's not just an end of the life document. Because these documents that are inside the binder of the trust, the power of attorney for financial and health, you need that now. These are so important to have. So is that um, the kind of conversation we could have with donors about them having a trust? Is that appropriate conversation? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, because we're living in this crazy world, you don't, you don't, it isn't that you have to be 90 or 100 to pass away. Any age is vulnerable. And if you have a donor that doesn't have his own life protected and set up, then what a waste of the gift of his, his blessing of the donor and the that he's going to share with who he wants to get it and have his own life together. And I'll tell you what, I've seen that. And it is so sad because people had good intentions, but they didn't have all their ducks in the row. They didn't have their plan in place. So I know of organizations that I work with and uh, support that have people who are so passionate about supporting them. But if they were, and one of them died last year, and and so that support ended and and as far as i know the assets are still in in the court system and so they the organizations hasn't been getting any money so if they had had a living trust it would have bypassed that are you right if absolutely that a living trust when you put your assets so you get a living trust and then all your assets are in the name of the trust and because they're in the name of the trust and the language of the trust supports that it avoids the court system avoids attorney fees avoids court costs and goes directly to the family and the instructions in the trust says this percent goes to this nonprofit or church or whatever it makes a lot of sense. So your website is Healthy Money Happy Life. Am I right? HealthyMoneyHappyLife.com is the website. And if you want to hop on a call, what I call financial fitness strategy, there is no charge to see if I can help you. And you can go with meet with chrismiller.com. That's K-R-I-S Miller.com. And I'm happy to hop on there and see how I can help you and just have the conversation. And that's a really good way to get in touch with me. You can also call me at 951-926-4158. And like I said, I have a wealth of, of blessings to share with people and really look forward to connecting with people. You are a fireball. You have so much. <laughs> 
Well, you I have so much. Yeah, I know. You're, you're turned Thank on. You. I am. I am. I feel like a racehorse waiting for that gate to open because there's so many blessings, you know, to share. And, and I'm just excited about it. You can also email me at Chris at Healthy Money, Happy Lifetime. Yeah. Well, on your website, there's a contact button. So it's yeah. um, lots of ways that you can get a hold of Chris right. and pick her right. brain. Um, <laughs> happy Money, Happy, I mean, Healthy Money, sorry. Healthy, H-E-L-T-H-Y, Healthy Money, Happy Life, straight through, and then dot com. We'll take you to her website. And there's a, there's a contact button in the website has all kinds of resources. And look, there's some reputable companies you work with, like realtors and banks and governments. Okay, you got, you you know, people recognize the value that you bring. And this is um, the stuff we're talking about today is mostly I find that people don't want to talk about because they're uncomfortable talking about it. Why do you think that is? Because there's so much emotion around money. Like I said earlier, I, I coach, I do more coaching with people than the apps because look, my husband always banked at Bank of America or whatever. And you people get attached to their money and the conversation and fear. There's so much fear around money and what's going on. I mean, just turn on the news, right? Are the banks all going to go away? Is this going to happen in the war? This, that, this, that, and it's coming at you and it's going to get, the days would be quickened, right? Look at what's going on. we got the same number of hours in the day, but it's less, right? Just, and so it's a marathon of fear and you got to raise above the fear and be empowered to take control of your assets, right? Be in control of what you've been blessed with so you can help others. Wow. That's, <laughs> that's a really good, big, long soundbite that we ought to digest here. So Chris Miller, um, healthymoneyhappylife.com. In a short period of time, you've given us an awful lot of things to think about in a way to get a hold of you if we wanted clarity on many of these things. So I think, folks, it's time to close the gap. And I'm, I, for one, have learned some useful stuff today. So, Chris, as we're ending this really fun and informative interview, what do you want to leave people with? What thought or challenge do you want to leave with people today? Well, in this world of a lot of the fear that's coming at us, and I, I want to just share gratitude because this is what's getting me through challenges that come to me is to stay grateful. So, you know, before I get up in the morning, I thank God. I think of five things I'm grateful for. I do it in the morning and then the night. And when I set my, you know, feet on the floor, you know, I'm like grounded in Jesus. That's how I do it. Okay. And, and it, it, it connects my brain, you know, instead of the fear and the worry, like, like, what if I can't do this? And what if I can't do that? And all the things that's happening to us right now. Gratitude is the attitude that gives you the leverage or the right latitude to raise above the fear of this world. Whoa. You need to get, if you're having an event, you need to get Chris Miller to speak at your event. Chris, thank, thank you for you. sharing your wisdom today. Thank you, Hugh. It's been an honor. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to The Nonprofit Exchange. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.